Hello and welcome to another episode of Books on Stage. We are so excited to bring you another great episode. This podcast was created to spotlight the brilliant minds behind the pen. Our special guest today is Teresa A. Swift. Let's talk a little bit about you before we get into this book. Teresa is from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. She lives there with her husband, Robert Swift. She is a mother, a grandmother. Teresa started her writing career after working for 20 years in the mortgage industry. She has self-published several children's books and a novel. She is also a co-founder of Need Change Now, a nonprofit organization that addresses global warming and the effects it causes on low to moderate income and minority communities. Welcome to the show, Teresa. How are you doing today? I am wonderful, Mr. Spears, and thank Good. you for this wonderful invitation. You are so welcome. We're so excited to have you on, and I'm, it's always a blessing to talk to authors because you guys have so much passion, and you really share knowledge and information that we wouldn't normally get anywhere else. So it's good, especially as a Black community, that we're starting to uh, write and document some of the history and knowledge that we have. Um, so it's a blessing to have you on. I know I shared a little bit of your bio. Is there anything that I missed or anything else that you would like to share with us today? The only thing I would like to share is um, I became an author because of my desire to write, not to make money. Because a lot of people, they think when you write a book, you instantly going to get fame and wealth, okay? Um, and normally that doesn't happen. It takes a little time. So, I mean, you really summed up my life story, but I want to just add this. I'm not in the metropolitan area at this moment. My dad got ill in 2019. So we moved down to Williamsburg, Virginia to take care of him because we was, doing, we was traveling back and forth. Um, but we will be moving back to the metropolitan area at the end of this year or the beginning of the next year. That's commendable for you and your husband, Robert, to take care of your father. So the name of this new book is called Mint. So excited to talk about it. And I want you to just give us a little bit about the book and what was your inspiration behind it? The book is um, entitled Mint. That is her nickname. She was born Sarah Mae Robinson. And she was born in 1856 on the, on the Smith Plantation. And she was sold into, you know, to another plantation called the Robinson's Plantation. Um, she is a, when she began telling the story, she's 110 years old. She's going back in history and she's given her grandson some stories about what happened to her on the plantation and when she became a free woman. People believe the story is real, that I really sat down and had this conversation with this woman named Sarah Mae Robinson. Um, but because of our history, you know, our ancestors' history, I felt like this was a story that had to be told. It was a story that's never been told. So what inspired me to write this book? I wrote this book for myself and many others because I had this nagging question that kept tugging at my heart. What if, what if the slaves were given the opportunity to learn to read, to write, to do basic math, and to count money along with the other skills they had to do on the plantation. What if the, the slaves upon release from slavery, they were given seed money, you know, to help them transition and to launch their dreams? What if 
They were just treated like human beings and given just basic rights. What would have become of the slaves? So this question, I had to write this book to satisfy my own thoughts and answers. So I wrote this story through the eyes of a woman named Sarah May Robinson, who was given those opportunities and she became a successful woman as a free woman. And that's amazing. And you said this is the inspiration for this book. Um, and it's amazing that we're in you know, Women History Month, along with the, the inspiration to write the book, how has it inspired you living in 2022 today? Mint really gives you hope because a lot of times we forget that womanhood is, it's a hard task. You know, a lot of women are working mothers. They have to work, they have to come home, they have to take care of the children. And Mint will give you, well, she gave me strength because she's a very powerful woman. And as, as my readers, when they read through her story, a lot of times the one that can reach out to me, they you know, they tell me, they say, wow, I cannot believe you wrote such a powerful story because it seems so real because it meant strength. The inspiration was her strength because I was at a broken place. I'm going to be honest with you. I was at a broken place. And one thing I learned about when you're in a broken place, you put yourself back together when you're broken. Mm -hmm. And I started putting my stuff back together while writing this book. So that is one of the inspiration because I was truly at a broken place. And women get there. We All of us get there. We get there at different times but we always get there. So she helped me put myself back together, the broken Teresa. So now Teresa's fixed and she's good now. That is awesome. That's a great, great testimony, you know, how that has empowered you to put yourself back together. And it's it's not a, just a woman thing. And <laughs> we know a little bit about brokenness too as men, so we might do it in a different experience. So that's just powerful. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Share a little bit about how this book um, is related to your family experiences? As far as my experience, I'm gonna be honest with you, Mr. Spears. My mother and father, they kind of shielded us. Let me um, share a story with you um, that happened to um, me back in the 60s. Okay, growing up in the 60s, like you, um, my family came from South Carolina. And we used to go back, we, my father and mother had already transitioned to Virginia. And we, we used to go back and visit my grandmother in South Carolina. And I remember as a little girl, while riding down the street, I would see the white only and the colored only signs, but I never paid any attention to them, you know, cause I was, you know, I was so small. I didn't understand cause nobody really sat down and explained to me the difference between the two. But there was a restaurant that my mother used to love to go to, and they had some of the best hot dogs. My mother used to love hot dogs, and she would go buy bags of these hot dogs. So one day, she took us with her to buy these hot dogs, and she pulled into the parking lot, and she told us to stay in the car. So she got out the car, and instead of her going in the front door, she went to the back door. So we sitting in the car, and we waiting for my mother to come back from around the back, so when she gets in the car, my sister said, mother, why did you have to go to the back door? And she looked at us and she said, that's just the way it is for our people. And after that incident, she never took us back to that restaurant because she knew we was beginning to understand the different worlds that we lived in. So from that point on, we never went back to that restaurant. She would go on her own and she kind of shielded us. 
So I didn't experience a whole lot of racism um, as a little girl, but I experienced it in the workforce. Being in the mortgage industry, I was a senior account executive. I was the only African-American woman. And wow, did they come for me? So I had to perform 110% while everybody else had to perform at 80, 85%. Mm-hmm. But I still outshine them. I would want I won uh, salesperson of the month award, salesperson of the year award, because I knew I could not do the things that they was able to do. And so my discrimination came from the mortgage industry. Working started in the '80s because there was not a lot of us at that time in the mortgage industry. And I saw a lot of racism, even just doing applications. They was doing a lot of redlining. So I would say, as far as my own family experience, the hot dog story always come into play. But my own personal experience is when I was in the mortgage industry. The discrimination I received from from that industry is what made me realize, wow, we are different in many ways. Yeah, and that's that story sounds so familiar. <laughs> you know, we're, we're similar in that aspect. You know, my family, I, I think our parents shielded us because they knew, you know, they wanted a better life for us and they didn't want us to uh, feel like we couldn't do anything. And so a lot of things they took on and we, we probably can't even imagine some of the things they took on on our behalf that we never knew about, you know, that protected us and things. So you know, we always have to remember them and, and how everything we have is directly related to their sacrifice and their commitment to um, push through no matter what the circumstance was. So we, we definitely appreciate uh, uh, pre- And Mr. Spears, my mother used to, my mother, um, she died in 1987 from breast cancer. And I did um, uh, uh, honor her in the book. But one of the things she's always tell me you can be whatever you want, no matter what other people say about you. And even when, um, you know, when I was in high school and they started, I'm sorry, middle school, they started busting us because during this time we started being bus, you know, mm-hmm. they would take us and take us to uh, out, not our neighborhood schools because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be political correct. Um, but my mother used to always sit down and talk to us about we are like them. The only difference is our skin color, but they're not any better. My mother always drilled into me. No one is better than you because of their skin color. And I always took that with me. So when I became a mortgage banker, I've always took that information like, okay, I know I'm the only woman, but nobody in this office, in this room, in, in this meeting is better than me. And so I, I kept that. And sometimes as a parent, like you say, simple words can help mold you for your future. So I just want to thank my mother and my father for, you know, just like you said, protecting us because they grew up in the South in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. They saw it and they didn't want us to be a part of it. Thank you so much for that. I know we spent a little time on that question, but I thought that was just so important because that's really, you know, what we need to get out of this book. And I think, you know, just what you have there is going to shed some of that light on what we're discussing and give hope to those that are reading that, hey, I don't care what the circumstance is, you can push through it. So before we go to break, I want to ask one question, and that's why would people want to read this book? You know, uh, just by the, the name and just hearing you talk about it, it gets your interest. But 
for that that person that's just not sure, what do you think they're going to get out of uh, reading this book? Well, um, only uh, a very few American enslaved had the privilege of rising up from bondage and becoming successful. Sarah Mae Robinson, nicknamed Mint, is that such person. So when you read her story and all the things that she went through, and no matter from plantation to a free woman, she went through some terrible events, but she pushed through it all. And what the, why I think people should read this book. So I, I took three months of doing research. And after I did my research, that's when I really sat down and started writing a book. Um, I had to do a lot of research. I used some of our real history in the book. So when people read the story, they think it's a true story mm -hmm. because I gave it truism. I made the book seem like it was real, that I really was sitting down with this woman. But it was all, you know, my imagination. This book, Mr. Spears, will take your readers, my readers, your viewers on a journey of highs and lows. You're going to have moments in this book where you're going to laugh out loud because coming from the South, we know about hog-head cheese and a lot of people don't know. <laughs> they don't know about hog-head cheese. So they are going to laugh about that when she, because she had, she became a self-made woman. So she had several businesses and one of her businesses, I'm going to give a little bit about the book. She used to sell hog-head cheese sandwiches. So a lot of people didn't even know what hog-head cheese <laughs> what it was. So, um, so with that, she also had, um, I, well, I don't want to give too much away yeah, to you. We won't give it away. Hey, guess yeah, what, guys? You that are listening, she just gave you a little taste. So I gave you just you a little taste. <laughs> but it's it's such an emotional read because there's certain parts of the book you're gonna laugh. Mm -hmm. There's certain parts of the book you're gonna shed a tear. There's mm -hmm. certain parts of the book you're gonna say, "Wow, that was deep." And there's certain parts of the book you can put down and say, wait a minute, I just got to give myself a little space. Give me a little time before I can pick up this book. That's the reaction I'm getting from the people that have already read the book. And you know what? That's the reaction I get when I read the book. I get the same reaction. And it blows my mind because I'm the author. I'm mm -hmm. the author. So when the people are really going to enjoy this book, and they, they have to read this book because it's a story that's never been told before. No one has ever told a story, told this narrative of what would happen if the slaves were given these opportunities. What would they have become? We would have had a whole lot of mints mm -hmm. and Mr. Mints walking the earth. Yes, excellent. I love it. I love it. We're talking to Teresa A. Swift, author publisher of a wonderful new book, Mint. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the book and definitely don't go away because we're going to let you know exactly how to go order it and how to share it with those that you love. So we'll be right back in about two minutes. Thank you. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. 
We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. wrote this fabulous novel called Met. It's a story about a woman who was born into slavery who became a free woman and a very successful woman. It is a must read. You must go buy this book. You will not be able to put it down. You can purchase this book at Barnes and Noble. You can purchase this book on Amazon. You can purchase this book on Book Depository, Goodreads, and discover books. Don't waste any more time. Mint is a story that you will tell your family and friends about, and it is definitely a conversation piece. So get your copy of Mint today. You can reach out to me at www.mint by Teresa, and it's spelled T-E-R-E-S-A dot com. Please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, Mint by Teresa. Look forward to you following me, and let's get to reading. Thank you. Welcome back to Books on Stage. Again, we're talking to the author, Teresa A. Swift, excellent author of the book, Met. You've heard a little bit about the book, and I know I'm excited already, and I think this is going to be a book that's really going to help change our thinking in terms of what we hear and see when you think about the movies and, and what we see a lot coming out of you know, Hollywood in terms of what it was like to be a slave. This is going to be, I think a positive spin on it and just get you to thinking about, hey, what if we are, we're on a even kill with everyone else? You know, we know as African-Americans, the talent that we have, the knowledge that we have, the ability that we have. And I think this is going to be a very good inspiration for those that we can pass down to our kids and our grandkids and say, hey, yeah, this is our history, but look at where we are now. And Let's just take this opportunity to go to the next level as well. So thank you so much, Larissa, for joining us. I'm excited. We we haven't even scratched the surface in terms of what we can share. So we might have to have you back here soon to talk a little bit more about the book. But That's right fine. now, I want to talk about African-Americans and what we know about our history. Like I just shared, you know, we get information from everywhere and on your end, why is this information so important for African-Americans and why is it important for us to know our history? Well, I'm going to start off with the quote that everybody knows. <laughs> Those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. We must know our history. 
And um, let me share this with you. The other night, my husband and I was talking about your program, Books on Stage. And my husband said to me, he said, why is it that everyone else get to share their history, but our history has to be swept under the rug? And I said, hmm, that, you know, that is a good question because it's like they're trying to erase our history. You know, I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this time period that we are in and how um, people fought for the right to vote, fair housing, education. Um, and, I, and when my husband said that, something dropped in my spirit. I, I told my husband, I said, you know what? I was born with no rights because everybody that was born before 1964 was born with no rights. So I said, wow, that wasn't a long time ago. That was only, what, 58 years ago. So by me saying, okay, I wasn't born with no rights, the people need to know what did our ancestors fight for? What rights did they fight for? They fought for us, like I said, free housing, education, the right to vote. And I wanna um, say this, there's a part in the book and I'm gonna give your viewers another little preview. Mint is having a conversation with her grandson because it's, it's a lot of, she talks about a lot of this in the book because she, her views are not like her grandson's views because she's been through slavery. So she has a lot of issues with the judiciary system in, you know, in, in general. But she's having this conversation with her grandson and she told her grandson, I'm gonna quote what she said. She said, do not allow them to erase our history. That would be the greatest sin because without our history, we never existed. So that's what I want to give to your viewers. Don't allow them to erase our history because without it, we never existed. That's great. And, and you, you get me excited because now I'm sort of seeing a little bit of what our purpose is here, the elite conversations, the fact that we're really into media, print media, video, audio. And I think the blessing of technology is now, you know, like you said, when we were born and growing up, we didn't have the ability to get to our history because again, like you say, they were constantly trying to wipe it out and, you know, books and stuff that wouldn't allow us to read or even give us access to, but the power of technology, the power it's, of media, yes. it's almost impossible now because now it's out there and Thank our you. kids can go to Google, type it in yes. and find it. So right. now I'm excited for individuals like yourself that are taking the time to do the research, to do the, the study, to write the books so that this media can get out and people can learn what it was really like at those times and just the information that can help them go to the next level. So I think those days of hiding it, whether they wanna put it in schools or not are over. So we have our own access, we have our own ability to get it out on uh, the network and it's there for life forever, <laughs> you know? And I think that's a wonderful thing. So now I'm committed to make sure that I have individuals on like yourself because all this that we're creating is intellectual property that we can pass down. Exactly. And so, you know, one of the things that I think hurt us a lot in terms of our history and I think about my family and parents is they didn't have a place to even store their information and documentation. Um, and, and that caused us to lose a lot, even in land and stuff like that, because we didn't have that information to pass on to the next generation properly documented. So 
you know, books like this is not only great reads, but it's great documentation for our history. So I appreciate yeah. you for what you're doing. What is the progression for MET as a series? If it's okay, talk a little bit about that and what's coming next. Okay, let me share this. When I finished MET, I had started another book called Capital S, period, capital A, period, capital V, period, capital E. And most people see it as SAVE, but it, it, the acronym stands for something. So my editor, she came to me, she said, Teresa, you need to write another book. And I said, this woman just turned 111 years old. What can I write? And she said, well, just think about it. So when I finally got in front of a publisher, because like you said in the beginning, in the introduction, I self-published my other books. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I finally got in front of a publisher, one of the questions he asked me was, I do not look for authors just can, that can only write one book. I look for authors that can write more than one book. Mm-hmm. And I laughed and I said, because we was on a Zoom meeting, and I said, you know, it's funny that you said that because I've already started on a Mint 2. Mm-hmm. He said, wow. So Mint 2, House of Secrets, is completed. It has been through the editing process. Um, but of course, we're not going to bring it out this year. We'll bring it out next year. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because Mallory, one of my editors, the one who told me I should write a Mint 2, when she finished going through Mint Two, she sent me an email and she said, Teresa, there better be a Mint Three. <laughs> so I've already started Mint Three. I'm on second chapter of Mint Three. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome. So our time is winding down, but I, I want to ask just a couple more questions. How has this book impacted your life? And what would you recommend to future authors that are out there? Mint has impacted my life because of the love and support that I'm receiving. People don't understand when you are an author, you're putting yourself out there for the world to read your written words. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the world can be very cruel, you know? So the love that I'm receiving and just being on your show, the doors that are opening for me uh, is unbelievable. Mint has only been out, we publicly came out February the 11th. So it hasn't even been one month yet. And we already have 33 five-star ratings. Awesome. And the reviews that people are leaving are unbelievable. It's blowing my mind. So it's that love that I'm receiving because although it's, it's a story that has never been told, a lot of people can see themselves, whether you're white, black, it's not only just about a white or black woman, it, it's about white people as well. I don't want people to think this is just about a woman who went through slavery. There are some twists and turns in this book. You got to get through the whole book. And when you get through the whole book, you see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, of course, yes, I would love for you to bring me back on after, you know, and then we can talk some more about the book. And we maybe we can I could talk a little bit about Met too. But this is what I would tell anybody that's listening to me who has the in- inspiration to write a book. My fourth grade teacher, and I'll never forget her, her name, is Sesame. We had to write a book report. And I remember I wrote this book about a flying beetle car that would fly around and, ch- and, and rescue children. And my mother bought me this blue binder to put my book report in. 
And when she went to pass out the greater report, she stopped at my desk, she laid my binder down and she looked down at me and she said, Teresa, you should become a writer because you have such a great imagination. And when I opened my binder to see my graded report, she had excellent A++++ going off the paper. Wow. So I will say to someone, you may have a great imagination and don't know you have one. Just start pulling and going deep inside yourself because the writing starts in your heart, not in your brain. See, most people think it starts in your brain. I don't get writer's block because it goes, it starts in my heart. When I write a book, it, it, I wrote many six months, you know, with the three months of review, I mean, um, research. It took me six months to write the book. I wrote mid two in six months. So when you're writing from your heart, I will tell everybody, do not, if you're a little girl listening to me, do not chase the story. Let the story come to you. And when the story comes to you, it's going to direct you and lead you where the story needs to go. That's why, again, I say I don't get writer's block because I'll sit back and let the story reveal itself to me. My husband, my husband gave me a quote the other day from Vincent Van Gogh. And did somebody asked him during an interview, how do you paint such beautiful paintings? And he said, this was his answer. He said, I dream my paintings and I paint my dreams. So when you got a story, your story is in you. Let that story rise up out of you and tell that story. Don't ever chase a story because you'll never finish it. Let the story tell you what you want it to write. That's awesome. That's impactful. And, and that's a word right there, I'm telling you, because what you're sharing is it's even more than writing. Allow yourself to sit back and let it come out of you instead of pursuing something. Exactly. You know, allow that spirit to work with you. So great, great information. Thank you so much for what you have shared in just a short period of time. I know our audience is going to be moved to go get this great book. They're probably already writing it down or going to Amazon. Well, I did say Amazon. I'm going to let you tell them, where should we go to get this book? Of course, Amazon, um, <laughs> Barnes & Noble. You can go to uh, Book Depository. I don't know if a lot of people know about that, but it is a website. Um, Goodreads and Discover Books. So those are the platforms that you can actually go get the book. Excellent. And how can they reach you? Because um, I know those, those network producers and Netflix producers will be coming soon. We're going to already claim that. So when you become that TV star and writer, I want to get the first interview. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. documented. <laughs> and uh, you know what, Mr. Spears, you will definitely, because you're the first person that brought me on your show. And as, as you know, it's funny that you said that because my publicist, he told me, I will, I am not stopping until this book becomes a movie. So every time I talk to him or my husband has a meeting with him, he always said that, says that when we, the, the, my publisher, my old publisher, because what happened, I had another publisher. He sold his company to a larger publishing house. He was connected to Hollywood. So that's part of my contract that once this book is sold to Hollywood, you know, we, we will split, you know, whatever percentage I'll get and they'll get a percentage. But they saw this book as a movie when they read it. They said it has to be a movie. So yes, thank you for putting that out in the atmosphere. I really appreciate it. Um, and I received that word. <laughs> but this is how you can reach me. My website 
It is it's very simple. My husband made it simple for everyone. It is www.metbyteresa. It is spelled T-E-R-E-S-A, no H please, dot com. So let me repeat that. www.metbyteresa.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's also Met by Teresa. I told you my husband made it very easy for everyone. All you got to remember is Met by Teresa. And you can also reach out to my publicist. His name is Barry Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. And his email is publicist740 at gmail.com. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey guys, this is Darren Spears. This is the show Books on Stage and we have presented to you today, Ms. Teresa A. Swift, the author of a fabulous new book, Mint. I want you guys to go out there and get this book, share it, blow it up, make sure that you know we have this as a document for our history and that our young kids can get in there and see not only where they come from, but the potential that they have an ability that they have to go forward. So thank you so much, Teresa, for coming on, sharing with us, uh, giving our community another option of, of reading. We have a lot of readers and authors out there and I so much appreciate you guys for what you're doing to uh, impact. Not just, like you said, not just the African-American community, but everybody needs this information. Everybody exactly. needs to know we're all in this world together and right. no matter what anyone else says, we're equal. We're, we're fighting this battle together and we all have a cause and a purpose. So until we bring you back, thank you so much. Have a great day. You guys go out there and reach out to uh, Teresa and whatever you need. Uh, she's a great resource. This is Books on Stage. Thank you guys. It's been a blessing. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.